This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, so uh, that's happening today. Uh, we're just waiting to check in here with uh, Drew Farrell, City Councilor for Ward 7, to talk about the issue of secondary suites. Uh, story today, you've got uh, Drew Farrell and uh, outgoing City Councilor Brian Pincott. It's not going to be running for re-election. Uh, they got together to study the issue of secondary suites. In fact, they took some of their office resources, they hired somebody to come in, and that person spent, uh, I think, about 200 hours going through council meeting records and videos to look at how and why certain secondary suite applications were being approved. And as it turns out, it's kind of random. that There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason behind these, these decisions. We got this weird system in Calgary where we're basically taking each of these on a case-by-case basis, having to waste the time of city council in approving or rejecting these suite applications, and again, there doesn't seem to be any kind of trend or common thread, nothing. As Drew Farrell points out, each hour of overtime is $2,500. So this whole thing is costing us a lot of time and money. Is there a better way we could do this? So we'll get into that coming up in a few minutes. Uh, a lot of uh, text messages still coming in on this airline issue. In the case now, this family is flying from Hawaii to Los Angeles. Got some interesting perspective right before the top of the hour from uh, someone who used to work for WestJet. Uh, another text here says they try to squeeze every nickel out of every passenger for every single flight. Because they do, it doesn't make it right. It means they've gotten away with it. Now, more people can afford to fly. They have more customers. They think it's our responsibility to ensure their profit. It's a terrible business model. And it's kind of false advertising, too. Another one here says, uh, Rob, here's a solution to the flight airline overbooking deal. If there's a no-show that doesn't report that he won't be there with half an hour of boarding time, keep his money, he loses his ticket. If he reports that he won't make it, push him to a settled later flight. That'd be one way to do it. just seems to me that find a way to do it before you put people on the plane and put them in their seat. That would be step one. All right, well, let's get into the secondary suite issue. As mentioned, uh, some of these findings being presented by counselors uh, Drew Farrell and Brian Pincott suggest uh, that there's no rhyme or reason behind why city council might approve or reject your secondary suite application. And so do we need a better way? Uh, Drew Farrell, of course, city councilor for Ward 7. Drew, thanks for making some time for us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Good afternoon. All right, so why did you and Brian decide to get together and take a closer look at this? Well, what we were looking for is if we could determine any common thread uh, um, with planning rationale around council's decisions. So the vast majority of suites are approved. About 83% of suites that come before council are approved by council. We wanted to see the ones that were refused by council if there's a common a common denominator so that we could perhaps move forward with a bylaw that could get us away from 
what we do today. And what we determined through this study is there's no common thread. It's, it's completely random. And that's a big concern. We're supposed to be making our decisions, land use decisions on planning rationale um, that can be defined. And, and that's not happening. Well, I mean, how's it supposed to work? When you're sitting there and a secondary suite application comes before you, what, what kind of criteria are you using to judge it? Well, planning, planning rationale, so adequate parking, things that can be defined, physical right. structure of the building, whether it's close to transit, that sort of thing. I mean, there are very few locations in the city where secondary suites wouldn't be appropriate. And those, those planning, planning decisions can easily be accommodated through the development permit process. And that's what Brian and I have been trying to encourage for, for many years. Get it out of the floor, off the floor of council. And so the question was, is council providing value? Are we making rational decisions based on planning criterion? And, and this study is saying no. Now, if you look at the time that we spend on these decisions, you know, 265 suites came before council over the three years. We could be spending that time looking at major strategic issues like the economy, and yet we're, we're the only city in Canada that approves suites one by one in front of council. So I, I would suggest it's a bad use of time. It's a waste of taxpayers' dollars. It's a waste of the public's time because they have to, you know, if you're applying, you have to take a day off work and come in and parade before council, often telling the most personal stories of why you need that suite. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting. It's what I even read that, you know, I mean, just underscores the point of how it's really random that, that some applications that have been previously rejected come back in exactly the same form, no changes at all. It'll be approved the second time, even though it was rejected the first time. That's, that's true. The last meeting that we had, last month's council meeting, two suites, same applicant, same application, no change. About a year ago, they were refused. The applicant reapplied, no change, they were approved. So that just demonstrates the randomness of the current situation. It's untenable that council spends so much time, and we have to have staff in in the council meeting. It, it's it's wasting everyone's time, including members of the public. And one benefit of ha- of having all these individuals parade before us over the last three years, if I can think of one benefit, is that we now have a really good understanding of who's applying for suites. And it's every possible type of person. It's often seniors who want to age in place with dignity. They may want a family member to live close to them, but not with them, so that they can look after each other. It's, it's, it's aging baby boomers who also want to have their parents close by. It's young families wanting to get into the housing market, but needing, needing a little financial assistance, and a lot has to do with the current economy. It's offering people some options and helping people stay in their homes. That's what we are discovering is, is who is applying for these suites. And so there, it's offering some flexibility for homeowners. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the, you know, the very personal tales that these applicants are forced to, to, to make right in front of city council, but do you think that that can influence some decisions that someone, if they pull the right heartstrings or they have a more compelling story, that that works to their advantage? 
The study showed that there's a little bit of a difference if you tell a compelling personal story. That's also not not consistent, but what's happening is the applicants feel compelled to do that. If they've spent all this energy applying for a suite and, and time sitting through council, they they feel compelled to tell their stories. We rarely stop them, and it's frankly none of our business. We are supposed to be making land use decisions on definable planning rationale, not who's applying, whether we we agree with their story, whether we like them, that that's irrelevant. It's supposed to be blind to those aspects. And so it, it, when talking about human dignity, we have so many people feeling compelled to tell some of the most private reasons why they need this suite. All right. So what does a, a better approach look like then? Well, I look at every other city in Canada, look at Airdrie and Edmonton and Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, they all allow suites. We are truly the last city for that, where the council makes these decisions. Calgary has big challenges ahead of us. One of them is the economy. Let's focus on these big strategic questions instead of suites one by one. So let's move, what, what this has demonstrated is the existing system isn't working. Let's move forward with something more efficient. You think this will be and should be uh, an election issue this fall? I, I think it will be an election issue. There will be many election issues. That will be one. Mm-hmm. Um, is council using the time wisely? And can we move on to bigger, more strategic issues, critical issues that Calgary faces? That's, um, those will be the questions I, I think will be election issues. All right. Well, we'll see if that happens. Uh, Drew Farrell, thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Drew Farrell, City Councilor, Ward 7, uh, saying that this approach, the way we do it now, doesn't make any sense. No one else does it this way. It's a waste of council's time and resources, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just seems to be really arbitrary, really random when it comes to applications being refused. Even though people with a more compelling story to tell maybe have a better shot, and that has nothing, of course, to do with the merits of the application or these other planning issues. So, yeah, uh, it does need to change. I agree with her. Uh, I'm certainly more on the side of uh, legalization of secondary suites. I know other people have issues with them. I mean, it's your home, right? If you want to take in a border, if you want to invite uh, some extended family to come live with you, you can do so anyway. You don't need to go to city council. So if someone wants to pay you to live in the basement, should that be an issue? Anyway, 403-974-8255 is our number. We're back with more right after this. Our number here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. Got a text that says, Rob, I'm going to make a note of today because it may just be the first time I agree 100% with Drew Farrell on the secondary suites issue. Look, secondary suites exist in Calgary. Uh, Most do get approved by city council. But certainly, even if you you don't like the idea of secondary suites, does it make sense to do it this way? This seems like a really stupid way of doing things where we need to take city council as a whole and they spend hour upon hour sitting there and listening to people come forward with a tearful plea about why they want a secondary suite in their home. And then city council as a whole votes yes or no. Makes no sense. Uh, This text here, though, says, Rob, my neighbor had a secondary suite that was illegal. At one point, 16 people were living in the house. I could never get on my driveways. It was blocked all the time. Edmonton has stringent rules for these suites. We eventually had it dealt with by the city and got it shut down. 
Like he says, I mean, Edmonton does have rules, but Edmonton allows secondary suites. So do all these other cities. So a lot of what we talk about in, in the debate here all seems hypothetical. Like, well, what about this? What if that? As though no one else has tried this. Everybody else has tried this and figured it out. Anyway, let's go to the phones, uh, see what Karen has to say. Karen, good afternoon. Hi there. Hi, Karen. Um, I hope Drew Farrell's still listening. I um, I actually am not going to address the secondary suite, but her comment, and she kept saying, oh, like all other cities in Alberta, and like, you know, this council, why aren't we doing like all other cities in Alberta? This council didn't seem to have a problem being the unique city that it is, unlike every other city, and randomly, arbitrarily change all of the... Um, school zones to playground zones and we're i think the only city that oh 8 30 minus 30 on a saturday evening by a school oh wait playground you have to slow down to 30 so they, they didn't seem to look around the province when they made that decision but now apparently she seems to think they should look around the province and do what everybody else is doing so, <laughs> okay <that's fine. laughs> all right yeah fair enough Karen, appreciate the phone call uh sometimes cities like to pat themselves on the back for being unique and, uh, yeah, in that instance, I guess they did. Well, we turned all school zones into playground zones. Yeah, okay. I mean, a different kind of issue, but I get, I get where she's coming from. If you're going to use the argument that we should follow the lead of other cities, you shouldn't turn around and say, look, we're leading by example. We're doing what other cities haven't done. Yeah, okay, mixed messages, fair point. I, I think of this issue, though, the argument is not necessarily that we should follow other cities but that we needn't wonder about the hypothetical of going down this path because we've seen the experience in other cities. So it's more of a case of we want to know what this looks like if we try a different approach. Where can we look to for evidence? Oh, wait, we can look pretty much everywhere for evidence to see if this can work, how this would work. All these hypothetical questions about what what if we allow this or what if we do this? We can see it all over the place. So I think that's the point in saying that other communities are doing this. It's just that they figured it out. We still haven't. Anyway, let's see what uh, Catherine has to say. Catherine, good afternoon. Hi. Yeah, it's about time. I agree with Drew Farrell. Uh, what we've done in Calgary is not believable. That fire is so expensive and homeless and everything. Let people live together, not, not divide. If there is a noise, if there is a problem, there are bad apples, let's focus on that. But really, even seniors, you know, I'm one of them. I have a problem who to live with because my daughter lives in the zone. I should not be living with her. How fair is that? This is ridiculous for a free country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Catherine. I appreciate the phone call. I think a lot of people are in a similar situation. Now, again, if you want to, to take in a roommate or a boarder, invite some family to come live with you, you can do that. But if you want to set it up as, as a secondary suite where there's some separation or, you know, some independence, that now you've got a kitchen, you've got a bathroom, you've kind of got your own separate entrance, but at least, you know, we're under the same roof. And we can come and look in on you, whatever. In that kind of a situation like Catherine describes, sure, what's, what's the problem? What are we worried about? I don't know. I mean, if, you know, if your, if your neighbor said, yeah, you know, my mom's been going through a tough time. Mom's going to come live with us for a while. Would you object to that? Would you say, what? Another person living in this neighborhood? This is outrageous. I don't think you would. But now all of a sudden, oh, wait a sec. She's going to have her own kitchen? No bedroom in the basement? I don't know about, I don't know about that. 
I mean, how is it impacting you? And if we got situations where people are being directly impacted in a negative way, I think we can deal with that. If you've got noise issues, if you've got uh, people blocking your driveway, I mean, yeah, you should be able to complain about that. We should be able to, to deal with that. Let's get Mel in here. Mel, good afternoon. Hey, Rob. Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing wrong with secondary suites, um, except like you just said, there has to be a few restrictions, like able to escape from, you know, a fire of some sort, mm-hmm. egress windows, um, probably integrated smoke alarms might be mandated so that if there's a fire upstairs or downstairs, which wherever the suite is put, and then uh, parking and limiting the number of people allowed in a secondary suite. Too many people, too many groups of people will move like a dozen people into a spot where there should be maybe a family of four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think people doing that, they're not going to city council to ask permission. They're just, they're doing it. Yeah. So you're right. We got these unapproved secondary suites where you got these, these potentially dangerous situations. Yeah. Well, you look at a couple of years ago, you know, the, the bad situation where the windows were barred in that one. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. People couldn't escape. Yep. There just has to be certain things. If a secondary suite meets those criteria, approve it. Yeah, makes sense to me. I'll appreciate the phone call. I don't know. We can't figure that out. Uh, like this text here says, Rob, if I'm a family of four and I have 12 cars, I can cause problems for my neighbors too, but the neighbors don't really have a leg to stand on. It's pretty arbitrary. Yeah, indeed it is. All right, when we come back, as mentioned, we're going to talk about this controversial case in Ontario. Uh, an animal rights activist was charged with mischief for giving pigs to water on a hot day. Uh, pigs that were on their way to the slaughterhouse. Uh, this woman was acquitted today of mischief. Why did this case even go forward in the first place? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.